Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. Brought to you by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Connect with Sharon now at 781-837-4900 and online at bostonconnect.com. Now, here's Sharon McNamara. And good morning to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. You are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. And we're just overflowing here from McNamara on Money. So here we are today talking everything real estate. I like to say it's been a three-hour real estate bonanza. How's that sound? Sounds sort of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. So in the house with me today, I like to say, of course, we have Michael McNamara, who's going to take over his final thoughts there before. And I'm just going to let him continue on on his path. I have to finish. I just have to finish. No, no, no. I'm going to let you continue on this whole path because you planned and I haven't. So um, what we were doing is um, Michael asked to put together a panel of real estate experts. So we have Bill Conley. Good morning. Hi there. How are you? I'm excellent. How are awesome. You? So everyone knows your voice. We also have Liz Cotter. Good morning. Hello. And we have Stephen Cook. Good and, morning, Sharon. Uh, we have all the favorites here. So I'm just going to leave it at that. We're going to continue on our conversation. If you have any questions, Tim is manning the phones, 781-837-4900. Go ahead, Mike. All righty. A quick summary, if you are just tuning in um, from I'm the financial planner I, I stand on neutral ground about owning renting or living your life all I care about is you know do you get to retire and live happily ever after in your life and you have to plan accordingly okay uh, it's it's my humble opinion that most people should own three homes the starter home the family home and the retirement home and I know that's not the American way of life I get that okay and it's my humble opinion that there are lots of folks who are in too much home to begin with and if, if you're going to move up and buy a new home, just please be very careful about how you do that, okay? Uh, and, and Liz and I were talking earlier, you know, you can go see a qualified person who can crunch some pretty good numbers and have an idea of what the affordability is. I, I think we had that discussion. Uh, a couple of, you know, so if you're in your 20s, late 20s, probably 30s and 40s, and if you're thinking about moving up, you know, do the budget thing. Try to figure out how it works. Get some help. You know, you can use the tax return like we talked about last time. But, but here some statistics okay and, and I'll rest my case after the statistics so so let's see uh, and and this was in 2010 it's probably worse now so pardon my my stale statistics but 2010 45 percent of people over 62 had a mortgage okay who owned homes I want you to think about that folks 45 percent of folks who were over 62 okay, had a mortgage. One of my favorite uh, phrases is, your mortgage should be retired when you are, or that's a really nice way to reduce your retirement living expenses by 25 to 35% in terms of your mortgage. So another way to say that would be nearly half of everyone entering retirement age yeah, it probably is has a mortgage. This was 2010, okay. Okay. So by the way, and the median mortgage, okay, is $79,000. Okay, so by the way, so here's the effect of that. Okay, so so these numbers are just Scary. Okay, so these are 2011 numbers, and probably they ain't any better right now. So 2011, okay, courtesy of the Consumer Financial Protection Board that Bill has a problem with. But hey, listen, it was on the internet. It must be true. Okay, in 2011, seniors, whatever that definition is, with mortgages, okay, spent $1,257 a month on housing expenses. Okay, now by the way, you're a senior, you're retired, you're probably living on Social Security, okay, and hopefully you got a big enough nest egg to make it work, but you're retired, okay, your housing expenses because you've got a mortgage, on average, 
$1,257 a month. Okay. For those without a mortgage, that's the other half, I guess, mm-hmm. with these statistics, it's $434 a month. Okay. The difference in monthly costs on average across the country for those folks with mortgages is $800 more a month than those without times 12 that's 10 grand folks okay is there any difference between uh looking at how much the people with the mortgage have as far as assets are concerned versus the yeah no i i wish i could get into data all you can do is pick data you're only getting part of the story yeah yeah i understand okay but i'm trying to glean from the big picture those are the averages okay so let me think about this i'm retired I got a mortgage, and it's costing me ten grand a year more than if I didn't have a mortgage. Ten grand a year is what percentage of your gross retirement income? Never mind taxes and expense. You know, add it all up, folks. I got this much coming in the door. What percentage is ten grand of that? It's probably not a probably not a small one. I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so my point is, okay, you know, and and the other point, and I, I'll calm down in a minute. Okay, is that. I don't have a, uh, an argument with real estate probably appreciating in value if you're living it long enough. And by the way, we do have some scary real estate cycles in this country. Okay, so I, I'm okay with that if you live long enough. But if you view your home as an investment, you can get that wrong. It's a lifestyle choice. You can't count on that. Okay, so by the way, so even if your home does appreciate, okay, if you spend all your home before you get to retirement, okay, as in refinancing, equity lines, or whatever, if you spend most of that, and I guess 45% of people did, because they got a mortgage, okay, okay, what's that do to the rest of your life, okay? And and my, my guess is that people who are retired with mortgages who are spending 10 grand a year more than they, than, than they had to, what could you do with 10 grand a year for your fun and travel and vacation budget? Sort it, of it's thing? interesting. Yep. I yeah. had somebody that I have a lot of respect for this week tell me on the phone that they couldn't do something because they weren't disciplined enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, that's really interesting. And I promise I'll stop talking here. But my, my, my last point is I can make – don't tell me uh, – you know, I don't want to get into the argument about that you can make more money owning a host versus renting. I can make a perfectly legitimate case for either a renter – or a homeowner sure. who's disciplined, okay, building wealth and living happily ever after from a financial. I, do, do, you don't want to go there with me on those situations, okay? It, it isn't, but ju- it but, isn't but just but a matter of having a mortgage or yeah, not having a mortgage. It, it's a matter of putting yeah, all the pieces together. That, that's and being right. Disciplined. It's the discipline that's about right. what you're doing in that situation. And there, right. To yeah. be clear, there is a, a right or okay time to use equity sure. or to take out a mortgage. Sure. Mm-hmm. And with rates as they are, you know, historically low still, although yeah. still climbing. Yeah. Um, it's it's not always a bad thing. Yeah. Right, Mike? It's just well, getting well, to the, the stage, yeah. as your thing is retirement and living yeah. happily, yeah. it's getting to that stage in your life and not being overwhelmed by your debt. Yeah. Well, well okay. So here's the, uh, the counterpoint to that or the other way to look at it. If you refinance five times in your life because you're five homes. Mm-hmm. If you buy a home every seven or eight or nine years, whatever the number is, okay, if you re- and by the way, you're not buying cheaper ones, right? So you buy a more expensive home every six or seven years, okay? If you refinance to a 30-year mortgage every six or seven years until you're 55, you have a 30-year mortgage. Bill and I go, you have a 30-year mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so by the way, okay, w- w- there's two ways to do this, okay? Either you can refinance out to age 65, Okay, yep. and and be sure. So every time you move to your home, okay, you refinance out. The mortgage runs to sixty five. If it's too much money, maybe you couldn't afford the house. But B- are Bill other and I term commit- mortgages becoming more popular? I've seen I'm, more fifteen or different term mortgages. I've seen more fifteens and a few, okay. you know, five one arms. By, by the way, stuff. let me speak for Bill's argument to the contrary, and I don't disagree. 
you can have a 30-year mortgage and just pay it off at a 15-year rate and be in the same oh, place. Oh, sure, absolutely. Okay, if you yep. have the, the discipline, discipline right. that's the that's where the problem is. So, so, by the way, so if you buy seven homes and a home every seven or eight years and it's more expensive mm-hmm. and you continue to refinance out to 30 years and make your mortgage bigger, no, that ain't a good idea. Yeah, I agree oh, oh, Okay, so, yep. sort of a thing. All right, so... So recommendation is okay. probably you know be mortgage free by the time you plan on retiring. Uh, y- y- yes, and uh, get to that four hundred dollar range. The recommendation rather than is make that, enough cash by twenty five okay. that you never have a mortgage. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. So my, my point is that as long as you can afford to live in the house that you're owning or going to move to, I'm perfectly fine with that. My definition of affording that is not making it just work now because I can cover the mortgage payment, but what does that do to your retirement and what yep. does that do to your college costs? Right. If you end up squeaking into a home that you can just barely make it, and if you have to whittle back your contributions to your retirement plan, or by the way, if you have to take out $200,000 worth of a refinance to pay for college, maybe you couldn't have afforded that home. That's all. Mm -hmm. Sounds anti-American, I understand. (laughs) Just those things. All right, I'm done. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Well, I I was hoping that you were going to continue on. I mean, you didn't have plans for the next hour because I I certainly didn't either. I could usually talk. Oh, we can can fill it in. Yeah, I think that we can fill it in. So so I guess what we were all talking about is, again, and if you have any calls for us, it's 781-837-4900. It's your lucky day because you have an attorney, a loan officer, a home inspector, a realtor, and a financial planner. Boy, people could like... Clean you know, up. Yeah, right now we could take care of all the problems of the world, right? Roadshow. <laughs> we can go back to, to the, the buying and selling. I think I think we've clearly established at this point um, you would be wise to make sure the house you are looking to buy, whether it's upgrading, if you will, or mm-hmm. your, first, your first right sizing. Yes, there we go. No, PC. You love my phrase that, that I is had. a good phrase. <laughs> I like that. Trademark it for us. I am going to trademark it. <laughs> um, it's to get your ducks in a row um, and make sure what you're buying is something that's affordable. That. Mm-hmm. That we're on, whether it's now or, or retirement. So, mm-hmm. um, back to buying and selling. Then, mm-hmm. I guess, um, what are you? What's your prediction for inventory growth over the next few weeks? Is it now? Is it still waiting? To thaw, yeah. what's what do you see? Yeah, well, what I've been saying to people is we can see the light at the end of the igloo because that's okay. literally how exactly. I feel, you yes. know, like that whole tunnel. So, I mean, you have you gotten busier in the past? Because I know I had a client call and they can't get you, I think one was Tuesday or the next available date was Friday. Right, we're about a week out now. Yeah. yeah. So, what when, when you were at, what do you generally, because it slowed down, it must have for you because it did oh, for uh, us. Probably about the middle of December, it slowed down by about 50% to about 60%. And traditionally, usually right around the middle of January, it bumps back up and you're back to regular running after that. That month. was when but, the snow uh, started to fall. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, just within the last two weeks, it's starting to pick up. Yep. And then you see the multiple office and uh, the mm-hmm. brokers as well. If it falls apart, we get two other we people. We have two other people. You know, that want to come in here. So that's really putting the pressures. Yeah, which really doesn't put the buyers. Buyers. Yeah, the buyer right. isn't really in a good position at this point. It's definitely Right, to a negotiate if they find something. They'll say, oh, no, I got other people that they but don't that care. They just want that the house. That doesn't mean our prices are skyrocketing. No, they can't. I mean, and that's yeah. one of the things that we had talked about when we were originally talking on Michael's show, too, is that the the bank appraisers, Michael, right? They, I mean, Michael, <laughs> I'm looking at you. Michael's coughing, but... Um, that's those those cough drops. My gosh, it rushed me out of the room. They're good, <laughs> but Bill, you 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 must agree too. I mean, these homes that we're getting under agreement, whether people have multiple offers and over ask over asking and everything else, they still have to appraise. Oh yeah, no, it, and quite honestly, the uh, the two things that that um, I've been reading over the last year or so and experiencing is that kind of like the the estate sale the family selling that property and the sister saying it was worth 450 
I've run into like four or five different FISBOs recently for uh-huh. sale by owners, and in every single case, the sale price was more than the appraised value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I said to the buyers, I said, A, get an attorney, B, put it in the contract that the house has to appraise. Mm-hmm. And one of them didn't listen, and it ended up costing him a lot of money because he agreed on 350 and it appraised for 315. Mm-hmm. Actually, to the real estate contract part of this, mm-hmm. um, lots of times we'll see somebody put in a financing contingency and also an appraisal contingency and some in the offer, right? Mm-hmm. And then we go to PNS and somehow mm-hmm. that part gets left out and everybody says, oh, well, we're protected under the financing contingency because if it doesn't appraise out, we'll just walk. Well, not always. Mm-hmm. Just because it doesn't appraise out doesn't mean on its face that you don't qualify for the loan. Mm-hmm. So you actually can be obligated to purchase it and get your financing and bring more to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, those two contingencies, while they do go hand in hand aren't mutually exclusive that's no. usually when they're putting down a large amount of money more than yeah 20 the, the, if the loan officer says look you still qualify you right. just have to bring 30 grand more to close it mm-hmm. the buyer cannot walk under their financing right. contingency right. Right. right yeah it's so you know that um, i'm seeing as, as a problem um the other thing that I, I read last year that that really kind of blew my mind and and i'm using half of this number as my my benchmark a national survey said that 71% of, of current homeowners were considering selling their house in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. 71%. Huh. Now, I'm going to take that number in half. That's still a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I've talked to my coach about it, and I, I said, what are your thoughts? And he says, I agree with it. I said, seriously, it's 71%? He says, think about all the... the well, mo- thinking about it, too. I mean... No, I understand. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the mobility that our society had prior to the to the recession. Mm. You know, they were moving every five, six, seven years and they had it in their mindset that they were gonna continue that process. Well, we got detoured for about six years, seven years. Right. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're back on track again. So now it's a situation where as Alan Greenspan said, we have a conundrum in that literally, let's say that roughly a third of homeowners are thinking about selling their house seriously, but they don't want to put their house in the market yet until they find what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're back to that conundrum again of, you know, how do I make an offer subject to the sale of my house? And you get every seller saying, I'm not doing that. What are you, crazy? You know, right. And then once they find the house that they like, someone else is going to bid for it because they're not ready on the <laughs> exactly. other end exactly. to make the transition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a it's Those a are the challenge. same people, by the way, that won't hire attorneys and then exactly. be yeah. upset that they can't control the deal at the end. Right. Um, well, their commitment letter date comes before, you know, the person who's buying their house and they can well afford a house. And then that person doesn't get their commitment letter buying their house and that falls apart. Like they're not watching dates and everything. To that mm-hmm. point, I had a uh, back-to-back deal recently um, where the seller, uh, so I was representing uh, the buyer and the seller who had a home sale contingency put in the purchase and sale agreement subject to them getting an executed PNS on the house they're selling. That is not the same as closing. closing so once yeah. the PNS was signed, I could make them close with or without selling their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can we're seeing that we can a lot, talk all actually. the smack we want about attorneys, but I guarantee you we're the phone call that comes in that day wanting us to undo what somebody did in a not well thought out contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And too, I think a lot you of get people the deal don't. you make understand a lot of things that everything that you want or you're desiring should be in that first offer right because that's and for the most part we we are a two contract state which um we are actually only one of two 
states in the country that are two contract states. We have mm -hmm. the offer, and then we do our home inspection and fight about some things, and then we do our purchase and sale agreement, which ultimately is the controlling document. And by mm -hmm. executing the purchase and sale agreement, the offer actually disappears. Mm -hmm. um, we're so a blue state, by the way. We're, <laughs> we're different in that regard. So no, you don't have to have everything in a two-page offer that's going to ultimately end up in an eight-page P&S. Mm -hmm. um, but big things that are deal breakers should be. Yep, absolutely. We have a caller, so we have Dennis from Duxbury. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, doing Dennis. Great. Good morning. Uh, you may have already answered this question, but I've been in and out. <laughs> you have to report water damage that resulted from ice dams. Yes. If you go to sell your house. Do well, you have to legally? Or? You don't have to, I don't think, legally, but if the prospective buyer asks you directly, uh, that you have to tell them the truth. Okay. Yeah. I have a comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would be the attorney on the panel. Here's how it goes. When we teach the disclosure class to realtors, the overarching theme to realtors is to cover your own behind, disclose, dis disclose, disclose. Um, that being said, you know, we are, a, we are a buyer beware sort of market where the buyer does have to do their home inspection. However, you cannot actively conceal things. Um, and you are going to get the question this time of year if there's been water damage. So to the extent that by lying, concealing, uh, minimizing damage, you are committing fraud. No, you cannot do that as a seller. And your realtor cannot help you do that as mm -hmm. the listing agent. Um, so... That's sort of my answer is sort of non-committal in that um, yes you ha you can't commit any sort of fraud you can't lie you can't be deceitful um, but the buyer is going to do their home inspection and you should encourage them to rely on that if you are asked explicitly you cannot lie about it right, right. Mm -hmm. can that be retroactive fraud we, is we, always we, we actionable bought our house ten years ago uh, we we found out after the fact that there was severe water damage in the house active leaks comes the first winter we're in the house yeah and. We, you know, we didn't do anything, obviously, because we had already closed on the house. And we're wondering, is there anything retroactive you can do? Ten years back? No. You're outside of, I would imagine, any statute of limitations on that. Yeah, However... But, the, but you, you could, if it's relatively recent, I mean, it's not unheard he of. He said that, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah I know, but oh, it was yeah, a yeah. year or two ago, or even six months or something well, like that. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Every purchase and sale agreement in Massachusetts <clears throat> that I've ever had says, once the deal is closed, that's it. The, the seller has, it says specifically, the seller has um, completed all their obligations in the purchase and sale agreement. There's nothing to survive the trans the closing. Done deal, done deal, done deal. However, you cannot contract around fraud. So if the seller um, obviously committed some sort of fraud, you could always sue them after the fact. I would say 10 years out, you're probably outside of your statute of limitations on that. Um, well, yes, yeah, Sharon's flagging me with 93A, which is a Consumer Protection Act. Um, that would be between professionals and not necessarily uh, buyer and seller. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of 93A cases out there where uh, realtors were dragged in because they engaged in some sort of fraud, whether it was on behalf of the seller or by negligence <coughs> or anything else. Let's say if the seller fills up the, the uh, usual seller disclosure form. I was just going to say that too. Yeah. Okay, and, and it says, no, I've never had water. And person closes today. In four months, this, the new buyer is out there talking to his next door neighbor and says, "You know, hey, Nate, welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. Have you had the water problem like the seller's had? Oh, the what? Yeah, can I have my sub pump back? He borrowed. Yeah. Is yeah. still down yeah. in the yeah. basement? So by the I way, would say pull out the yeah. seller's disclosure and call a litigator. Yeah. So, so yeah. Dennis, do you think about putting your house in the market? That the reason for the call? Or? No, no. It's just that we're about to replace our living room ceiling. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. he had the damage when he purchased his house from 10 years Whoa, ago okay. and they didn't recognize it. Yeah. And too, when you had your home inspection too, because I know a lot of times Stephen Cook is here from Imperial Inspection Services and he's the one that I refer to all of my clients. And it's funny to me that when you're walking around the house, you can pick up things that were never disclosed. Like there was termite treatment here. I can tell because of, the, remember like the yeah, little Yeah, the little pivots? drill holes. Exactly. So you can sometimes tell when... But water damage, I think, is really easy to conceal with kills and paint, like right. we were talking about earlier. But sometimes I raise more questions uh, during a home inspection, because uh, if I see a ceiling patched, you know, why is the ceiling patched? Is it from, you know, some sort of a situation that you have where you have water that came in in the past, or was it a one-time incident upstairs with a fishbowl that... Or like the tub, you know how like sometimes you put the kids, the kids are splashing water over the side. Mark sees that a lot. So that's when you, you know, kind of mock things down. And after the home inspection, these are questions that you'd have for the uh, seller of the house. And then, you know, they should answer those truthfully for you, you know, and what type of event happened in the past. Dennis, your question uh, it raises a comment I made earlier. With this kind of a winter, we're going to be a lot more sensitive about water damage when it comes to buying homes going forward. Yes. So I, I, that just has to become a larger issue in the transaction area, right? Dennis, if you're replacing the ceiling and you're using <laughs> licensed contractors and you have paid receipts and all that and you're doing the work correctly, um, there really isn't a reason to disclose. To, I'm sure I'll get a colleague who will disagree with me, but um, assuming you're doing the work properly and with whatever permits and all that stuff you need to do it, um, there's really no reason to not disclose that if you have evidence that you treated it appropriately, maybe even better than someone else would have. It's the DIYers that are going to get themselves in trouble on this um, by not disclosing and then making half uh, that's not the word I want to use on the radio. <laughs> not great repairs. Um, half that, fast. That, yes, half fast. <laughs> yeah. um, donkey donkey in, repairs. In trouble yeah. there too. <laughs> Homeowner. Um, yeah, but, but Liz, does the next question begin from the buyer's point of view? Well, what did you do? Is it prevented? You know, did you prevent it? I mean, whatever caused the water they, damage, you can fix it. But you know, did the do the, the roof get that, repaired? That'll depend on what he does. And keep yeah. in mind, if there are insurance claims made, there's also documentation regarding what happened at this house. Yeah. I think he's more concerned about the fact that he feels as if he had been had when he purchased his house, right, right Dennis? Yeah. Well, not, not really. I was just curious. We're going to, we have contractors coming in. Yeah. They're Save your receipts. They're going to replace the whole ceiling, the insulation in the attic. They're going to resand our floors and everything yep. else. It's going to be done properly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was just wondering, you know, it could scare people away if there's been a history of it. Well, by the way, oh, but no. but you've basically fixed it. Is that correct? Or prevented it? Is it correct? We're, We're in the process of it. Yeah. So so then you're, go- you're golden, basically. I mean, and did you yeah. prevent the cause? So that's Steve, right? Like, it's did it, was it caused by ice dams? Yeah, or, you know, a one-time event with a pipe break and a freezing. Roof. I'm sorry, Dennis, what was that? I said we had a roof replaced. Okay. And they put the ice and water barrier four Excellent. feet up on the roof. You can't do anything more than There's that. There's your then. best uh, preventative you know, right and, there. And the end of your sentence for any of these issues should be, you know, yeah, you, there was, like everybody else, you know, we had mm-hmm. some water problems with the winter. We had contractors fix it. We paid the bills. We're all set. Here's the documentation. Um, however, buyer, if you're interested or have concerns about a particular area, do your own home inspection. And it's reflected in the price. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I appreciate you guys got a great panel today. You should do it more often. Hey, thanks, Dennis. Thank appreciate you. that. All right, All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, and, and that's one of the other things, too, is I know that this is coming up. I mean, I have so many people who are coming on the market who are planning on coming on the market at, you know, the first, you know, in, in February, you know, middle of February and everything. Right. They've pushed it off now. Oops. Sorry. Um, so we, they pushed it off, and now they're thinking about coming on the market now. I mean, I expect that the week after Easter, because Easter's April 5th this year, it's we're going to be bombarded with inventory. I know it's early this year, right? So people are sort of hesitating right now. Well, do I come on now? Do I not? 
I've been telling people I think that you should come on now if you want to be one of less inventory because that's when we're seeing it's, the multiples. It's funny because people don't understand economics, quote unquote, mm-hmm. <laughs> supply and demand. Yep. I mean, literally, if mm-hmm. you are one, if if you come on the market today, you're one of, I'm going to pick a number, one of a hundred in your price range. If you wait another month, you're going to mm-hmm. be one of 200 in the price range. Yeah. Right. And potential buyers, there's a ton of buyers out there right now. And mm-hmm. the fact Itching that, to put offers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is that if you want to get your house sold in a hurry, price it right, mm-hmm. put it on the market today. Right. And, you know, the, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, you wait until Easter and now all of a sudden, yeah, they'll be able to see the grass. That's a wonderful thing. But the fact of the matter is that now somebody says, oh, I'm not going to buy that house. I'm going to buy this house over right, here. Right, you have a lot more competition. Yeah, I got, a, I got a lot, lot more choices. And oh, by the way, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll probably won't have to pay as much either. Yeah. And as a buyer's agent, I saw, um, I like sort of showing houses this time of year because I can see where the problems are. I mean, right. you can see everything now. I mean, you see water coming in. Oh, here's a, I just have to bring this up. I sort of digress. I don't know why I thought of it just now. But um, for <laughs> vacant properties... Mm. You know, okay, so I had the guy who isn't living in his house anymore, and he has another home up in New Hampshire, so he goes skiing on the weekends, and he forgot to fill the oil tank, and lo and behold, yes, uh, eight, yeah, eight inches of water during right. one of our showings. So I wanted to be funny and say to the agent, well, the fishing is free, you know. <laughs> in the indoor bowl with always fishing. Yeah, exactly, but... I mean, these are now concerns. So, <clears throat> to that Excuse to me. that point, I actually had a seller recently who um, this was one of three homes she owns. You know, she just she's unloading her properties. Must be nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she so she doesn't live in this one, and her insurance company got wind of that and canceled her policy. Yep. Um, which which she could have kept it, but it would yep. have doubled the amount, right? Yep. The vacant <laughs> uh, vacant property. property yep. Yeah. So what happened? We had water damage. To the tune of about thirty grand, pipe burst. It's uninsured, and and so um, just she so you know, an attorney? in the, in it. the purchase after in the purchase and yeah. sale agreement, <laughs> um, the standard purchase and sale agreement, if not modified, says the seller shall maintain insurance mm-hmm. as presently insured. Yep. Well, if you're not insured when you sign the purchase and sale agreement, you are complying with the paragraph if you stay uninsured. So um, pipe burst, and buyers like, well, well, she didn't keep it insured, and we said she didn't have to. Yeah. She didn't have insurance then. She doesn't have insurance now. It was her risk to take her property. So um, she's regretting that because the policy would have been about three grand and we have damage to the tune of about 30. But I, my point is um, on vacant properties, yes, the insurance mm-hmm. cost is higher. Um, this type of season, any season really, the cost to uninsure is astronomical. Yeah. So... Um, and, I don't and, know. Keep, yeah. keep it insured, especially in I New know, England well, in the winter. Ripping up rugs, you're you know doing the everything over and all that. Yeah. Well, my time went by really fast. So you know what? When we come don't back, you, don't you have the bell or something like that? <laughs> the, the, the bell is at like five minutes. Oh, oh, oh that's okay. the doorbell. So okay. we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, if you have any questions, seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. We'll be right back. Are you experiencing ice dams, flooding, and water leaks inside your house? Environmental Resources provides solutions and preventative maintenance for your home or business. When the ice and snow begin to melt, get ready for the excess water damage. Environmental Resources utilizes the latest technology of thermal infrared imaging to detect water leaks to your property by assessing potential interior water problems early to prevent flooding and even poor indoor air quality such as mold. Environmental Resources is dedicated to help with your interior water damage needs. They provide practical solutions, guiding you in the right direction when it comes to flooding, ice dams, and mold. 
Take action today and do not allow the blizzards of 2015 to ruin what you have worked so hard for. Environmental Resources is located on the South Shore in Norwell, servicing the greater Boston and surrounding coastal regions of Massachusetts. Call today, 781-248-9975, online at airenvironments.com. Imperial Inspection Services, complete home inspection services, radon testing, featuring on-site results with electronic testing, lead paint inspection, Title V inspection, pest inspection, including FHA and VA. Call seven days a week, 1-800-440-1141, or visit them on the web at imperialinspectionservices.com. With 28 years experience in two convenient locations, Braintree and Cape Cod, accepting credit cards for all services rendered. Imperial Inspection Services. 1-800-440-1141. 1-800-440-1141. If you're buying or selling real estate, Cape Cod Title and Escrow is the firm for you. They're a full-service real estate law firm specializing in residential estate closings, title and legal issues, and representation of distressed property buyers and sellers. They have extremely competitive fees and charge nothing unless your transaction closes. Available after business hours and on weekends. Your schedule is their schedule. They have several offices and practices on the Cape and South Shore, covering Barnstable, Plymouth, and Bristol counties. So if you're buying or selling real estate, you can rest assured knowing you're in good hands with their dedicated team of professionals. You can reach Cape Cod Title and Escrow at 508-744-7539, 508-744-7539, or on the web at capecodtitleandescrow.com, capecodtitleandescrow.com. 50% more talk real estate absolutely free. Talk real estate with Sharon McNamara. Now, one hour every Saturday morning on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. This is Sharon McNamara along with Michael McNamara. We are continuing on with our panel of experts here. We ended up getting on the ice dam thing again, which is not surprising. My last three shows have been about ice dams in mold. And actually, Andy Provatola uh, from Environmental Resources, who was on with me last week, sent me a text. He's listening. So good morning, Andy. Um, and he got a ton of phone calls, by the way. He told me yesterday that he got five calls right away from leaving the studio, and he's already been to two or three people who are WATD listeners to take care of some mold issues um, or to you know verify water and stuff. But he said water damage can cause mold after 48 hours. It's the mold that's a bigger concern. So it's one thing getting them, but I think getting rid of them so you don't have them next year... Uh, Some sort I'm, of preventative yeah. is uh, usually your best course of action. You know, you know, you have a problem, and it's like a slow leak. You know, slow leak in the tire to keep putting air in it, or do you fix the tire and mm-hmm. have a permanent, you know, solution? Well, off the air, we were just talking about what to do to prevent them, right? right. So we're sort of on this track again with that. Is it really? Is it really? Is someone really going to take two feet of shingles off of their house and put that stuff down? What we were talking yeah, about? Yeah. Well, by the way, not, I'm thinking about it. Okay. You are. By the way, if we have an ice dam question. 
Yeah. Our telephone number is 781-837-4900. Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. And no, the, no, no. And the phone no. rings. Well, well. No. by the way, again, uh, I've got 77 feet of gutter in my back deck and stuff, and I've never had that's, any problems. That's supposed to be water. there. Yeah, we don't have any water damage, right. okay? And, you know, it'll be there till May 1st with the snow that's on the back deck from the roof. But my point is, so I'm a homeowner. You know, this is a very rare occurrence. It's probably not going to cost me a lot of money to get the thing fixed, right. okay? Uh, by the way, the deck is under I-beams and 2x12s. So it's going to take, okay. take the... Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. my question to you is, so if uh, what do I do to make this never happen again just for my own peace of mind? Yeah, if, okay. you go, if you're going to have your roof replaced, it's nice to put ice and water shield under it as okay. part of the uh, As part of the operation, okay. Exactly, yeah. to put right. ice and water underneath the existing shingles right now that's okay. not a viable option because right. you're actually stripping the shingles up four yeah. feet. So, okay, so if you're going to do, it's ice and water dam is what ice it's called. Ice and water shield. Shield. And, yep. and basically, if you have a roof that's in good shape, you have to rip up the lower three or four feet of shingles. Exactly. Right. Okay. And um, so then you end up patching it back yeah. in so you're going to okay. have, you know, Sounds the bottom. Recommended. It's not going to be recommended. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other option okay. is if you were to put the uh, aluminum our copper panels okay. up the first two feet of the roof, and okay. that's something you can incorporate it with the roof that you have at this stage. Now say that again, aluminum or copper panels, what do you slide them under the shingles? Uh, they actually remove the uh, shingles okay. that you have there. They'll put the ice and water shield below, okay. and then they put this metal uh, type of uh, you know, covering uh, for the first, say, 24 inches up your roof. So there won't be any shingles. The, rings the whole roof. Won't be shingles. Right, it won't be shingles. Yeah. Okay. So okay. the ice and the snow will not stick to these that, areas. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. and that's pretty effective. And, that's uh, pretty effective. You okay. usually see that farther north than you see down around this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the copper would look nice all around your house. Well, well the polar yeah. ice cap's <laughs> moving further south, so... No, we got a scientist so, on the panel. <laughs> so wow, the way, these Yeah, What's something like that, that a relatively expensive operation? That's a relatively expensive operation, especially if you go copper, you know, it's... Yeah. Okay. Most of the time, aluminum is the uh, you know, choice that you see around. And then the other one is relatively inexpensive, is putting the uh, strips up there to uh, melt the ice. The little warming strips you may see on people's homes. It's almost like a V or making the letter M going uh, along the roof about 18 inches up. Hmm. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Because And we do have a, um, a, somebody has a question for us that they couldn't stay on the air. So uh, Tim is going to tell us that question in a second. But we talked about those tape things. And my mother had a problem at her condo. And she had, they. so last year was the problem. They put on those, the heater things. Yes. And... The person who put them on, I don't know who it was, if it was a professional installer or someone from the condo association said to her, well, well, once you have the, um, once you see that the icicles are there, put, put the heat things on. And I was like, that isn't, I don't think that's contrary to what you said. You said, once you see that it's going to start snowing or getting cold, right. that's when you Right, you want to turn them on, on, you know, four to six hours before the anticipated snow yeah, because or uh, ice, you know, ice storm coming in. Yeah, yeah because now she had them, melt now she's melting in them. not after it's there. <laughs> yeah. Right, because you don't have Might as well throw the... them up on top. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Now you're boiling them. Exactly, because right? what's going to happen is the snow is going to be on top of it, and those little heater strips are only so many watts. They'll burn out. They only all go the to snow. like 34 degrees, too. It's not like... Yeah. And what's going to happen is an ice cream you know, an ice cap's going to form on the top of those. It's going to melt it below, and mm -hmm. it's going to create an ice dam inside nice the house. making a new one higher, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, okay. so I gave so her the right advice. So. Is spring. so, Tim, what was the question that our caller had? Uh, the question was, he was wondering, how can you tell if you have mold? 
how can you tell if you have mold? Usually uh, it's a discoloration on any of the surfaces that have a medium from growing it, you know, primarily like sheetrock and wood. And usually mm-hmm. if you get a black, brown, uh, I've seen green, yellow, all sorts of psychedelic colors, and that's usually an indication that you have some, some sort of mold or mildew in the house, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's good mold like blue cheese or it contains... Uh, <laughs> You know, bad stuff, you don't know unless you actually have it uh, physically uh, tested. Tested, and that isn't something that you guys do there, right? We do not, know. Yeah, so then you have to have a professional. So sometimes Steve will go through these homes and he'll see some mold. I mean, you might even... Sometimes you don't see it, too. It can yeah. it can be a right. smell or there can be no indication. Mm-hmm. That that was his follow-up, too, is if you can't see it, how do you know? And like you said, smell, and, and is there anything else? Yeah, the smell is, because uh, that could be buried someplace that's not visible, so the smell is usually an indication that something's damp and... Um, you're, you're creating a medium for this to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, just as a sidebar here on mold, um, in Fort Myers we had a big hurricane, Charlie, back in 2002 or three, I think the number the day was, and uh, mold down there is a serious issue. It was in the summer, and, and it's black mold. I don't know what they just right. call it, but but this happened in a day or two. I mean, people were mm-hmm. taking their furniture out and putting them on the, 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 the to be taken away. And they were they're solid black. Right, it so you got the heat and the humidity was, down there, which actually yeah, it you know, was promotes it the growth so yeah. quickly. I mean, and and all the workers were wearing masks all the time. It was oh, sure. frightening. It, it is serious, serious yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I know too, like when Andy was here last year, uh, last week, one of the things he said, he well, and I think you you have well, he has an infrared camera, which is really cool. So like you can see different like blue and reds and greens. Right. It's called the floor uh, forward looking infrared and. Uh, they're awesome for telling temperature differences. And, yeah, I told yeah. Mark I want one of those. How, how much of those? <laughs> but you have the your CSI thing. of home inspectors. I know. Right. Well, that is, you have your little kit, but you can sometimes see like a patch that's, you can see like a water stain, and you have one of your little tools yes, to Yes, it's tell. an electronic moisture meter, and uh, you place it right on the surface, and we'll let you know the actual uh, moisture content inside. Is, is there mm-hmm. an ominous beep when it finds No, it's actually a little okay. gauge. Okay. Yep. Right. And it does so beep if it's so really bad, if it's 100%. Right. Right. That's good yes. for effect, you know. It's a okay. lide. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of times, too, people will say, oh, there's mold in the attic, or it looks like you do. But, I mean, some of that black stuff that we see, some of that could be hazardous, could not be hazardous. That's why you have to have it all tested. Right. Right. And that just kind of rules it out. And if it is, then you just have it treated uh, Mm. appropriately, and it's a done issue. Yeah, and mold is not one of those issues that's really monitored or, like, lead paint or anything by the state. So... Uh, But certainly, I would definitely consider that a disclosable item if somebody has known mold. Well, and, you know, what I tell people all the time is, too, when buyers get back their home inspection report and they're going through everything, Mm -hmm. um, what bothers them is really personal. Because as the attorney on the deal, they'll call me and say, you know, here's my home inspection. I'm sending you the 60-page document. What should I ask for? And I actually won't read it. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I'll read sections of it that I'm drawn to, but I don't read the whole thing. And here's why. It's not my call. What's wrong with your house? If you're the buyer and something is scary to you, like radon comes in at 4.1, which is 0.1 over the EPA level. Um, Some people will panic and say, I'm out of here. I don't want anywhere near that house. Some people say just that low. Great. Treat it. So um, home inspection items, what bothers you personally as a prospective buyer are very personal to you. Mm -hmm. And that's why you as the buyer should review it with the home inspector or a contractor buddy or Uncle Louie who knows everything about houses and figure (laughs) out what's important to you when you go back to the seller. (laughs) No, not Uncle Louie. Not Uncle Louie. You get that all the time. She's so funny. Can you take that caller? Sure. Ed in Pembroke. Yeah. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Great. What can we do for you? So we had, like a lot of other people, a lot of stuff up on the roof, ice dam. 
And we had a leak coming into one of the windows, you know, up above the head, uh, actually, and then some of it ran down into the bathroom on the, on the first floor, dripping through a light fixture. After we got the snow off, everything is fine. Everything's dry. You know, there's a couple little stains on the ceiling where it leaked. How would we know if we should, should we cut a hole out in the wall to look to see if we have any mold in there? I mean, everything's dry now. Or? Yeah, sometimes you can do like a little exploratory hole, maybe with a hole saw, maybe one inch or two inch in diameter, and start it, you know, if it started from the uh, roof or gutter area, you want to do it above the window. And that way you can kind of see if there's a potential problem in there. So we, pull we out the don't have an attic that we can get into it just a closed. It's almost like a uh, crawl space. Yeah, you're not going to see too much up in the attic because you have the insulation and it goes out to the outer edge of the house. And what's happening is below in the actual wall. Short of cutting a hole in it, could he just sort of keep an eye on it? And You could. You could take a chance from there and if all of a sudden you see a discoloration or you get this uh, kind of white. Uh, powdery substance growing on the uh, sheetrock that's called uh, efflorescence. Uh, then you have an indication that it's, you know, pretty wet behind there and something should be done. Yeah, I mean, everything now seems dry. I mean, once we got the ice dam, you know, we chopped it with a little axe. Right, it all depends. Did a cup you get know, in there or did you have, you know, four gallons, you know, coming through the sidewall? You know, look at your electrical outlets down below, making sure there's no rust stains there so you know it didn't get into your electrical. Mm-hmm. And you don't know... I- Oops, I, okay. And you don't know how long it was actually leaking in there. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's one of the bigger concerns. But your little detector with the moisture could certainly see if there was still moisture. He says it 100%. looks like it's yes. dry, but, I mean, you don't know. Yep, the moisture meter will uh, pick that up for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And mold is very serious. I mm. mean, I think, you know what, too, Bill, is I think that one of the concerns is going to be all these houses that have already been under agreement before this, um, Ooh. that, you Ooh, know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so they've already been appraised. Variable. You know, are they going to have people come back and do appraisals? I mean, Ed, well, when did you start seeing your problem? Probably about a month ago, a few weeks ago. Right, within the last month. Yeah. Well, Andy, remember, is Ed still a, with us, by the way? Ed is still with us? I don't know if he's like still that? with Yeah, he's still with us. Okay, yeah. Ed, we, we didn't want to ignore you. Did you have any other no, questions? No, 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 that's follow-up? fine. I just didn't, you know, because we have our wallpaper on the wall there. Uh. I just, you know, I, I didn't know if you should get into, like I said, do I start cutting holes, and then you get into a real repair as opposed to just painting the ceiling. Did you have an insurance claim? I mean, did you have... Well, I don't right now if I don't want to, because I think I could just paint the two ceilings where they get stained a little bit, and I don't want to... Yeah. yeah if it's if it's soft that. like a uh, you know like a sponge or something like that, that's usually uh, water damage rather than just uh, water stained. Right. I mean, there's nothing spongy. There's not, I mean, everything is hot as a rocket feels. Well, you just have to be painted. Yeah. If it's pretty solid, I'd try you know probably just uh, preparing the surface, putting some stain killer, and then uh, repainting, yeah. and just keep an eye on it. if it's just something that just happened once and there wasn't buckets coming through the wall and maybe just a cup or two cups. I don't even, yeah, I mean, at the most. You know, it leaked, like I said, down from the second floor of the first floor. I can't see the light fixture in the bathroom. And we set up a little bucket underneath it. You know, probably three or four inches filled in that bucket. And after I get all the snow Yeah, up, that's, that's, that's that pretty substantial, especially yeah. if it's coming through the light fixture. I was just going to say, the light fixture. Yeah, you should have an electrician come out, maybe just take that fixture down and just take a look in the junction box and oh, some I of did. the... I did. I mean, you know, we already looked at that. That's all fine. Excellent. Yeah, that's yeah. all fine. I was more concerned about mold. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just you got to wait and yeah. see if you start to get that musty odor or, 
you have that okay. black or brown or discoloration yeah. on the wall. And Steve, I did a whole yeah. show on that last week. So if you go on to um, talkrealestateradio.com. Um, oh, yeah, actually, I was listening to you. Okay. To you. Okay, perfect. Hey, yeah, Steve, so can you turn the heat up to 95 for a couple of days? You've got it. Yeah. Will, that, will that help? help it? Well, sometimes it will promote the growth. I was going to uh, say it will look a little faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. You, guys were, you guys were appointment radio on Sunday morning. I like <laughs> Hey, listen, and, and thanks for the call. We appreciate that. Uh, Sharon, right. just quickly to your point before I see we have another caller. Um, actually, take the other caller. Okay. So we have Jim from Marshfield. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How you doing? We're doing great. What can we do for you? Good. Uh, I'm looking at probably selling profit, my property, and I don't have flood insurance now, but with the new map, there's potential that my property will be in the flood zone. Mm -hmm. Do I have to disclose that when I go to sell a property? Yes, absolutely. And you know what's going to end up happening anyways is if you don't, you're just going to have a lot of wasted time, energy, and money uh, trying to sell your home because the new buyer of your home is going to have to get a one-year binder in order to, unless they're paying cash for it. So I don't know the sale price or anything of what you're considering, but they're going to have to get a one-year um binder from their insurance company. The insurance company is going to look up the address and they're going to see when that new map comes into effect. Is that coming into effect in May? Uh, I think so. May okay. 2015. They keep, they keep changing it. Um, yeah. We recommend that our sellers get flood certificates, um, elevation certificates, elevation. Yeah. to yeah. be um, just prepared. Um, if a buyer asks you about the flood zone, you can just hand that over. Did, mm -hmm. By the way, did Jim, did you hear that? You were okay with that? An yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's probably a, the, one of the best things you can do given the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And yeah. right. most of the time right now, too, Jim, to be honest with you, is that, I mean, buyers, agents are very aware of what those, what where the flood zones are and what the maps mm -hmm. are going and all of that. So one of the While first While simultaneously, things, everyone's confused exactly. about new flood insurance yeah. regulations. Exactly. Yes. But it is it's one of the first questions. Because it's only one-tenth or one-fifteenth of my house that's in the flood zone. By the, by the way, you, you might matter. be able to fix that. Wait, wait, what part is it? Doesn't it matter. It can be a corner of the garage. Like garage. The garrison, they have like garages okay. uh, on the side, and then the garages that go into the basement mm -hmm. are open, whereas the rest of the house is all enclosed. We work a lot with insurance companies. Um, obviously, we're on the Cape, so we're affected by that a lot. Um, and we do a lot on the South Shore. But one of the insurance companies that I work with, um, I call this guy probably once a week with a question about this. Um, my understanding, based on what he said, is that even if a corner of a garage that's not even attached to the property is in uh, the flood zone, the entire property is in the flood zone. Any, mm -hmm. any, right. imp any improvement. Yep. Mm -hmm. I had one in Weymouth, actually, down near the water, and a corner of the deck was. So part of uh -huh. the consideration was is to actually take push, off the deck, <laughs> push the deck back. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So yeah. So it's definitely going to be one of those things. Like I said, I wouldn't <clears> want you to put in the time or energy um, to put your house on the market. It is going to come up, especially yeah. if you're in Marshfield. It, I, it's just going to be the, the question. Spend the money, get the flood elevation certificate, and then you'll know what you're dealing with. Yeah. It, it's probably and it's probably good to do a little research about that just to be prepared for the. I mean, it's on the buyer. Obviously, right after you've disclosed it, but you know, well, I mean, if, if the buyer's getting a mortgage, the mortgage company's doing a flood certificate yeah. uh, certification as to whether or not it's in the flood zone. Yeah, and, and they have to qualify too with the exactly. increased rate. If, yeah. if in the event the the property is in the flood zone, then the uh, there has to be a quote as far as the flood insurance is concerned, and the buyer has to qualify with that as a part of the payment, yeah. just like they would the homeowners. Insurance. Yeah, but if you've done a little homework on that and know what a premium might be, you can also say, well, that's reflected in the price if it gets down to that sort of a thing. Yeah, maybe. Every, every time I call the insurance company, they tell me that, well, it's not in there now, so we can't give you a quote. So you're going to go into an AE zone, though, right? I, I don't know which one. 
Yeah. He's going to go into the AE. So you definitely should get that <laughs> elevation certificate. But the thing that's scary for buyers is that they keep on changing things. So, yeah, you know, right, like I had a client looking at something in Halifax and it was on cranberry bogs and had like a little reservoir thing out back. And they went to, you know, just call their insurance company to find out first time home buyer. And they're like, that's in an AE zone. Yeah. I would have never thought that. So, uh -huh. and that's the concern is, is okay. So if your insurance, and by the way, that was going to be $2,000 more a year, like $2,200 more a year for a house in Halifax. So what buyers are concerned about is if I buy this now, what if they change it again and they're going to make the prices yeah. go well, up? By the way, they, they're going to absolutely reset these premiums somewhere yeah. down the line. Even yeah. you know, how, yeah. however long it's going to be, it's going to be. But hopefully, they'll phase and whether it. Whether or not they're it. subsidized, yeah, still but and it's, all that it's, stuff. it's 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 going to yeah. get worse uh, yeah, versus better in the future. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the okay. answer to your question is yes. People will find okay. out. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Good luck. Good luck with that, Jim. Okay. Actually, Sharon, um, you had said earlier if you know as a result of all this damage to the properties. Um, how is that affecting appraisals and things like that? Um, was he? He wanted me to take a break, but you can finish your thought. I'll just finish my thought. Um, and you might have a comment on this, Bill. Um, I am not seeing that there have been requirements by lenders for new appraisals prior to closing, unless it's something huge that's been disclosed to everybody. Um, but there is a form that's relatively new, and this is a result of Hurricane Sandy, I think. Um, at, most lenders have a form at closing that says, and both buyer and seller sign it, something to the effect of there have been no, uh, damage, none, no damage to the property as a result of Mother Nature or oh, anything yep. like that. And both the seller and the buyer actually have to sign that at closing. Yep. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Spring is right around the corner. It's time to start planning your spring or summer graduation, wedding, rehearsal dinner, or anything else. Let Cranberry Lane Catering take the work out of your event. Chef Linda can customize a buffet to your liking with a personal touch. All food is prepared with fresh ingredients. Cranberry Lane Catering, 808 Washington Street in Pembroke. Call today, 508-404-0504, or learn more online at cranberrylanecatering.com. If you're currently renting your home and paying $1,500 to $2,300 or more on rent every month, there's a good possibility that you could afford your own home for virtually the same money. Down payments needed today are less than you may have thought. If you're longing to fire your landlord, give me a call today to see just how easy it might be for you to own your own home. I'm Bill Connolly, a certified mortgage planning specialist with Mortgage Financial. Give me a call today to find out the best financing to save your hard-earned money when financing real estate. You can reach me at 781-871-1970. That's 781-871-1970. Bill Connolly is an NMLS licensed mortgage originator in Massachusetts. His NMLS number is 48858. Mortgage Financial is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS company number is MC2644. All loans are subject to credit approval. Are you thinking about selling your home or buying a new one? Are you a first time home buyer or perhaps just right sizing? Do you have a buyer's agent? Do you know if you really even need one? What is home staging? Will it really help me sell my home faster? Do I have to have a home inspection? How much home insurance do I need for my new home? How do I handle my estate sale? What are home sale contingencies? Have you heard that you have to put 20% down to buy a new home? Did you know that that wasn't true? Are you worried about environmental issues? What is radon, lead paint, and mold? Is there a difference between a foreclosed property or a short sale? Do you need to have a Title V inspection to sell your home? What do you do if your system fails? 
Are these questions you have, but you don't know who to ask? Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate. Call my office for a one-on-one consultation with me or one of the many dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate so we can talk real estate. It's easy to connect with some of the South Shore's most experienced real estate agents. Go to bostonconnect.com, bostonconnect.com, or call 781-826-7300. 50% more talk real estate absolutely free. Talk real estate with Sharon McNamara. Now, one hour every Saturday morning on 95.9 WATD. And we're back. Good morning to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, and I'm so happy to have you here with us this morning. We had a three-hour panel here of everything real estate. So we were talking about buying, selling, ice dams came into it, investments, all kinds of good stuff. We had a lot of great callers. Um, I just want to mention that on uh, March 28th, I am going to be having a small session at my office, and it's going to be navigating the buying and selling process at the same time time. Uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? So you can call the office uh, for more details on that or uh, go on to my website at bostonconnect.com. 781-826-7300 is my office phone number. And uh, we're just sort of wrapping up here. So we're coming to the end here. So final thoughts for final minutes. I don't know who wants to start. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at each other. No uh, one has any This final is easy. Thoughts. Make sure you can afford your home before you buy it, please. Okay. <laughs> what that, he said. Yeah. And, and and the math involved in doing that takes more than four minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and and this is this is the most important thing that I think I'm going to say today. Okay, figure out what your budget is. Write it down. Okay, then please go to your federal and state tax returns and do the following math. This is just subtraction, folks. It's not hard. On the top of your federal turn, return, it says gross income. Write mm-hmm. that number down. Okay, then from that number subtract. Okay, what you put in retirement plans at work last year. Okay, then from that number, also subtract, okay, what you paid in federal tax last year, that's a number on your tax return, what you paid in state tax, what you paid Social Security. Okay, gross income minus retirement plan contributions, federal tax, state tax, Social Security, that's, those are your expenses. That's what's left. It'll Mm -hmm. scare the hell out of you, by the way. Okay, but at least you should know that before you walk into a home that you might not be able to afford. Yeah, and it's being realistic. I mean, no one wants to be house poor, I don't think. I think those days, you know what I mean? People should be smart about what they're doing. Right. So my point remains the same. Get your team of experts in place. Know your budget and what you can afford. And if you're a seller, you know, deal with any title issues ahead of time maybe and be be realistic with yourself about your home's value. Mm -hmm. Um, Setting realistic expectations for everybody is how a transaction gets done. And you're so right about the title issues because some people who have bought their homes 25, 35 years ago, they may have had a clear title at that point, but someone missed something and that's yeah, been they, happening they a lot. They think it matters how long you've owned your house. It doesn't. It that doesn't. has nothing to do with when a title defect can rear its ugly head. And you know what? I feel as if we're much more thorough now than we were back then. So you are finding the attorneys and the title examiners are finding things that they didn't. I had two issues already that, well, at the end of last year regarding title. You know, and and everybody, you know, when we're telling people to purchase title insurance, from a buyer's perspective, usually says, well, if you check the title, why do I need to buy title insurance? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to sell title insurance from a sale perspective. I would say 
80% of our deals that have a title issue are saved because the person had title insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are human beings with eyeballs on a 50-year title exam. Um, there is bound to be an error. And there, and with all the subprime lending stuff and banking nonsense that went on and goes on still as far as assigning mortgages <coughs> and notes, um, mm-hmm. you, you are lucky if there isn't a title issue that inhibits your closing. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I would think that when you are buying a house, having a loan officer and a real estate agent that's sort of on your side to help you through that process. I mean, we know the best of the best. That's one of the right. things I love about my brokerage. You know, as I said, I mean, we have 30 agents now and we're using a lot of the same people for the same things because people are doing such great jobs for yeah. us. So uh, that's really important. You heard the doorbell. That just gives me one second to talk a little bit about real estate. Uh, we are having open houses this weekend. Um, I know Saturday, Sunday over at Equestrian, uh, my assistant Mary, and uh, she's going to be over there from 11 to 1. That's new subdivision. That's But we didn't talk about new construction. So if you don't want, if you want a one-year home warranty to go with your house and you don't have to worry about some of these issues, um, again, I'll be there tomorrow, 11 to 1. That is Equestrian way in Pembroke. You can find all the open houses at southshoreopenhouses.com. Um, if you can't get into open houses this weekend and you would like to um, have a buyer represented, how come I can't say that word? Representative. Representative, yep, represent you. Uh, please feel free to give me a call at 781-294-4848. That is my cell phone. And a buyer's agent is the person who's going to help you line up all of these professionals, you know, so um, I think it's a good idea. Steve, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can reach us one or two ways. One by the website, and that's uh, imperialinspectionservices.com. And the other is 1-800-440-1141. Again, one 800 440-1141. And again, I had a show with Steve two weeks ago. We yes. were talking about the ice dams. You can see that on talkrealestateradio.com. Bill, how can people get in touch with you? 781-871-1970. That's 781-871-1970. Liz Cotter, our attorney. Yes, we can be reached. We are online at capecodtitleandescrow.com or 1-508-744-7539. Perfect. Michael McNamara. We're in the book, and if you can't find us... <laughs> what book, Mike? What problem. book? And we're on the on the web. <laughs> and you can find me again. I'm Sharon McNamara, uh, Boston Connect Real Estate, 781-826-7300 or bostonconnect.com. Have a great weekend. <laughs>